I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. So theoretically, it's working now and we're up. We're online, Iraq. Welcome uh, to the Pantels podcast. Uh, this sucks because normally I wanted to have you on, but I wanted to have you on, uh, you know, in studio. Right. But we'll make do with what the fuck we have here because clearly we have some kind of an issue. So we'll make the most of it. So, dude, what are you doing uh, in New York now? How you you staying at home most of the time? Uh, for the last couple of days, I have. We were still going in. Um, we we're still going in doing all the shows with Compound. And yeah, Keith, uh, the cop doesn't take uh, <laughs> the virus serious. No, that he, it was all up to uh, us voluntarily wanting to go in and do it. Okay. So we said, yeah, we'll still go in there and do, and do it. And I did Monday, but then, uh, you know, family stuff comes around and they start yelling. And it's like, I, I can't keep going into the city when I have to wake up every day and my family's screaming at me. So, yeah, like, why aren't you home taking care of us? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, my parents are in Florida and they're calling and texting in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. Uh, what's going on? How, how are you feeling? Did you take your temperature? It's like stop. I'm not the one who's who's in danger here. You're elderly. You should be taking your temperature. Yeah. Make sure that you're okay. Leave me alone. But uh, yeah, so I was going into the city. I may go in again next week. I'm not sure yet. Yeah, I, I figured that uh, I, I might start doing my my podcast from my studio again because there's no one there. I went yesterday to get the, this extra camera, right. and I realized there's no one there. I could just leave here, park, go upstairs, do my show, and then come back home. So I might start doing that. We'll take a look. But here's what I want to ask you, Rock, because I never uh, every time we talk, we'll talk about like the compound shows. Uh, we'll talk business, but I never got to hear from you your origin story, right? Okay. On O and A. Like, how did that start? I know that Sam Roberts, he started interning. How did you start? How did you get into that business? Uh, Well, there's a couple. I had a couple of false starts with them before it really took place. So I was sending clips and sound effects and stuff into them to their producer, Rick, at the time that they were using on the show. And uh, I just kept reaching out to an annoying Opie as much as I could. And then I was eventually going to be working for a show called The Radio Chick Show, which was the midday show on before them that they wound up having, you know, butting heads with as they do. And right as I was about to, uh, I guess, officially start there, the show got fired. Oh, so yeah. So The Radio Chick Show got fired. And then like three months later, they bring it back. But it's half the time that they had for their allotted show and anybody else that was supposed to be part of it. All of a sudden, that deal was not happening either. So that gig wasn't happening. And at that time, they had uh, all the this stuff locked down because they were fighting with Howard and Infinity just was like, this is enough. Whoever's working on your staff is working on your staff. And I tried. I tried. But it just was not meant to be. <clears throat> then they get fired. And I kept in touch with Ope. And uh, then through a chance meeting when he was down in Florida, I, I met up with him and we talked for a little bit. And 
they were like, well, I think we're, we have some opportunities for coming back when the contract's up. Well, you want to be a part of it? I said, absolutely. And uh, we originally were supposed to go to Sirius at first, not XM. If anybody knows the history, uh, XM was its own satellite company back in the day. I remember that. And we were supposed to do Sirius and we're waiting for the deal to come through. They kept talking to us and then all of a sudden nothing came through. And we're like, what's going on? And then we got word that they were talking with Howard. So now all of a sudden, like we were forgotten about because no, now Howard's taking meetings with them. So we wound up signing with uh, with XM after a little bit. And uh, that's where I officially started with them was with XM. During the satellite days. <clears throat> yeah. Doing the, the two months leading up to coming back on the satellite days and with them up until the end of Opie's solo show in the afternoon. I was there for 14 years. Oh, were you there for the Opie solo show and everything? Yeah, I don't remember. Everything. Uh, shit, yeah. so you were around doing that time. I wanted to work with him, and uh, I got an email one day that he, he was coming back because we didn't think he was coming back after he disappeared from the Opie and Jim show. And I got an email saying that starting Tuesday, he's back. He's going to be in the afternoons. You're the executive producer. And I wrote back. I was like, did anybody bother to ask if I wanted to do this? Uh. And they just said it wasn't up for discussion. Well, why would you say no? It's still a, you know, it's a job in the field that you love. And no, of course. With a man but, who gave you that important start. Of course. And, you know, I've, I've always spoke highly of the fact that he gave me an amazing opportunity. Anthony, too. You know, you got to yeah. include Anthony in all of this. Uh, they gave me an amazing opportunity. But at that point, you know, we were sans Anthony. And 2016 and 2017, Ope just kind of went in a weird direction and he just wasn't anybody's friend anymore. He was disappearing all the time. He was taking exaggerated amounts of time off and not showing up. And then, you know, he wouldn't talk to the staff. Like he was just, he just became a real weirdo. And, uh, you know, I, I took the job because, of course, what else was I going to do? I was running the channel at the time, but they wanted me to produce his thing because none of the other staff wanted to work with him. They all went, uh, whoever was left went and worked for, for Jim and Sam and, uh, and, or went to other places in the company. So by default, I, I had that job and, and I tried to make the best of it for, for, I mean, we're going way far ahead. You asked me about the origin that I'm talking about, you know, three years ago, yeah. but you know, try to make the best of it. It just didn't work out that way though. Was he, was he different from the guy that you originally met? When you first oh, yeah. started, yeah, everything changed. Though. Yeah, a lot of stuff changed, especially when uh, when Anthony left. A lot of stuff started changing, and uh, his mindset started changing. His attitude just was more amplified than I know than what he was doing uh, previously. But uh, yeah, in those last let's see, 2014 through 17, so in those three years, he just he's he's a different person than I initially remembered. Because I, I know that uh, I'm one of the guys that used to always bust Anthony's balls every time in New York. I'm like, hey, you guys should should meet up and talk. Get this started again. And Anthony's like, nah, it's not going to. It's not what you think. It's not like it used to be. You know, shit changes. People yeah. change and it's never going to happen again. That was like well, lightning in a bottle with the three of them. And that uh, people like me got to get used to never seeing that shit again. Right. Uh, and you who saw it from the inside and now, you know, you're part of Compound Media. So you, you got to kind of see both sides of this. Right. You think there's no way this is ever going to work. We tried. I mean, I tried even when I uh, came to Compound Media. I was, I was trying to coordinate some things. Um, even when Opie was still doing the afternoon show, Keith and I were coordinating things. Where how we, That's how we got them to initially talk when Opie started doing afternoons. We did about six or seven phone calls 
where uh, Anthony's show was live, Opie's show was live, and we got them on the phone. Yeah, I remember that. To do all of that. And uh, then after then after that, it was <clears throat> Opie kind of got set on the people he was going to have in studio, which were Carl Ruiz, Vic Henley, and Sherrod Small. And then everybody else just kind of became unimportant like it wasn't important to keep talking with anthony anymore he was not talking with jim or sam at, at all at this point and uh, a lot of the other comedians that we were friends with he started to isolate so it, this was his crew this was the bunch that he was doing everything with and that's all that mattered and the rest of the world didn't exist anymore and uh yeah it wasn't for the lack of trying keith and i were trying constantly to get these two back together to talk because there's a lot of money to be made if they do it but yeah i don't know it's a it's a weird uh, landscape now too i don't like there's a lot of money to be made. How do you think it would be on an independent network kind of like compound is and get everyone to sign up there? Cause I don't see this on satellite radio again, or maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? No, I, I don't think you're wrong. Um, unfortunately with satellite radio, they went so far in a different direction where they're not even a radio co- company or a yeah. talent company. They are in the business of celebrity branding. Yeah, all those channels, yeah. All the channels are branded after celebrities and properties. Uh, All the shows. There are people who have shows there that shouldn't be doing radio. It's always viewed as, oh, I do TV, I do movies, I do something else. Oh, radio's easy. Anyone can do radio. We'll just put you on a radio show. That's not true. Which is insulting the people who've learned how to do this all their life and and perfect it and and, and be good at it. It's just like anybody's like, oh, anyone can do podcasting. Yeah. No, you can't. You, you got to be either like a, a, a good comic or a radio guy or somebody who knows the ins and outs of a conversation and, and having that. Otherwise, it's just four to six of you know, dumbasses sitting around a table with a microphone sitting in the middle of the table and, and there's oh, six sounds- conversations <laughs> happening at the same time. And you go, it's not so easy, is it? And then they get bored after like a couple episodes. Like, I don't want to keep doing this because it's a commitment. It's a job. It's a job. Will. Yeah. Yeah. But I would love I, I look, I would have loved to seen opie and anthony get together but at this point it's just who cares it's just not going to be that way jimmy and and aunt you know i've talked to them and they've been very public with their feelings on this they just don't think it's worth it anymore and then Ope blames everybody else but himself you know doesn't accept any responsibility for anything so what do you what can you do he has to come around a little bit because i think the other two will give in the sense of that they're willing to sit down and talk and see something could work They've been, I mean, they were friends for 20 something years, but he's just, he's the last part. He's the last uh, problem in this equation here. And he just wants nothing to do with anybody. And it's all our faults. So, well, he's never blamed me. So I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. Once he knows you exist, then it'll (laughs) be. Yeah. yeah, Then they'll stop blaming me. Now, all these guys gave me um, like a lot of, a lot of listening pleasure, a lot of joy through the years. So. Um, I, I like to look at it from the outside. Same thing with Anthony. Like, even though uh, you know Compound Media, and uh, you know he's, he's he's my boss down there, uh, I still see it as oh fuck, it's Anthony from Opie and Anthony. You know, you you try not to um, get too involved in that personal shit because it's none of my business anyway. Like everyone on the internet tries to get in, like they should do this, they should do that. None of my fucking business. There's people that you can not get along with, even though you know them. So that could be their situation right now. Who yeah, am I to like tell if, them what to do? Be like if uh, you know something happened now and you and Mike Ward aren't talking anymore. Yeah, and know? people say you guys should get together. Like, you don't know what would lead to that. Yeah, and Pantelis is, you know, mother effing Ward. And he said, no, it's all his fault. And yeah. like, I don't know what's going on here. He didn't tell me where was a problem. He just left. And, you know, and then over the summer, you're trying to get this thing back together. 
uh, it's not as easy as it sounds. You know, it's not like a, this wasn't a, like a brotherly type of, you know, knockout drag on fight. This got weirdly dark and personal. And there's a lot of mistruths uh, as far as, you know, what Ope's saying and, and some of the other things that have been circling around. Because pe- there's a lot of holes there and people just try to fill in the blanks with something that seems logical. Oh, this must be the answer. Yeah. It's like, no, that's not really it either. It's just a matter of if you got those three into a room and talked, I think this would have been resolved already. Yeah, I always wanted to be the referee there. I Everybody want to wants to be the referee in there. <laughs> Everybody. Bubba the Love Sponge kept trying to get make that happen. Isn't he the guy who let Hogan fuck his wife? Yeah, that guy. That it's guy. like, he, oh, yeah, he's he's real credible. We're going to let him on. Yeah, well, what, are you gonna, what is he going to do? He's going to be like, listen, if you guys agree, you can tag team my wife. Like, what is yeah. he going to give? He's not giving us A lot anything. of people that have been willing to sit down, you know, agents and... And uh, executives and uh, Tim Sabian, if you know yeah. that name from uh, ONA history or Howard Stern history, yeah, um, worked for both organizations uh, over the years. Even Tim tried to arrange stuff where we could get them all to sit down and, and work some stuff out because everyone else sees money on the table except one person, and he doesn't seem to care about that, and that's fine. But it is what it is. I still think. In the back of my head, because I grew up a wrestling fan. I know. I think you're a wrestling fan too, for a little bit, right? I was. I was. It's hard to keep with that stuff now because I'm so busy. Right. So, but, but I was I mean, when you, I was growing up. I definitely was a wrestling fan. So you have the you have the mindset of it where it's like never say never, like with the WWE. Because oh yeah. Hogan's back and the NWOs, you know, over there and Eric Bischoff is there. Like this never would have happened. It's I, like I'm wrestling. waiting for Opie to walk in and start suplexing people. That's, that would be great. It would be a welcome <laughs> thing if, if Ant's doing his show live. Hope just comes in and just, you know, kicks him in the stomach and gives him a stunner or something like that. Everyone's like, oh, start spray painting Opie ever. radio. <laughs> yeah, all that's, yeah, exactly. Come in NWO because he looks like he just put a black bandana and glasses on. Opie <laughs> looks like Hollywood so Hogan. Ridiculous. Have come in there, spray paint everything, and he just sits down with like, you know, puts his feet up with the cigar and everything. And now it's Opie radio and everybody would love it. Maybe not Anthony, but, you know, that kind of gimmick thing it, it's all it's all wrestling it's all ridiculous it's real life stuff but it's in the whole scheme of things it's just yeah it doesn't matter it's rich people arguing Ex- yeah. <laughs> it is we've always said they're three of we love all of them but they're all three of the worst millionaires like, yeah. <laughs> really, uh everybody they're like oh man if that person had money that would be hard that's what happened yeah they all got the money and then they all just became living cartoons that's there, Luke Cartoon. What about so you? You're keeping busy, man. You got your own. Uh, you, you see, you call it a podcast, but you're with iHeartRadio. So is it technically the last remnants of real radio that you're doing right now? It is. Uh, it's on their digital platform. It's not broadcast on a on a traditional uh, FM station or even AM station. Uh, everything gets pushed to digital platforms now. Yeah. Uh, through their apps, through all this other stuff. So I still. I've been aiming to get on a traditional broadcast station. Um, you still want to do terrestrial radio or are you looking at satellite? I don't think I, is there a chance to, even with satellite now with the way they're going fucked me over pretty bad at yeah. the end. Um, over contract stuff and, and what have you. And as big companies do. Yeah. And I almost had to, I haven't, I don't know if I even talked about that. I almost had to sue them and uh, the agent I had took care of everything and wound up getting, you know, about a year extension off of uh, leaving Sirius because they just weren't like, oh, we'll give them two weeks. I'm like, after 14 years, Jesus, 14 I had years. contracts with XM and some other agreements and stuff. And and then when Sirius came around, you got moved off a contract, then you were an employee. And then other, you know, it was just weird 
there was too many levels and middle management stuff that were just there to make things complicated. It's like when you really could just draw a line from A to B yeah. and have it done with. Um, I don't know if I'd ever go back to satellites because so far everything they're doing has been horrible. The way they treat their people. Uh, a lot of people have been leaving that aren't uh, on air talent. They're more of the behind the scenes coordinator people have all been leaving for better jobs because the company doesn't treat their people well. And their programming choices are, well, let's get this celebrity name, throw a bunch of money at them so we can put a press release out. And that's all they care about is getting the press release and some press coverage. Because then a month later, oh, forget about that thing we just did. Here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. It's constantly generating properties that don't have any longevity. It's like, put the name out there. We got the name. This is happening. Cool. Then what are you going to do? Oh, I don't know. We're going to look for the next name. It's just constantly buying names. And I don't know how people put up with that. It's like, it, it, you familiar with the channel, uh, the cable channel E? Yeah, I know E. The network that uh, became famous. One the Kardashians, the right? Show in the 90s had Howard's uh, radio show on the E network. And then after Howard, it became the Kardashian yeah, yeah, that's network, a, right? Yeah. But you see, if you watch that, channel not the show but the channel the way the imaging is the other shows that they surround the kardashians with it's all vapid and 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 vain and uh there's no substance to it It, it's just it hurts your ears listening to it how how shallow these people are that's what satellite has become it's become the e network e entertainment network for satellite it's all celebrity names and they have this stuff and andy cohen shows up once a month to do one hour on his own network and and Eminem, you know, does three hours in his contract for the entire year for Shade 45. And it seems to have worked out for them uh, up until recently. I, You know, this I think the, the current virus thing that's hitting right now, they're a they're a fringe expense. They're a luxury. You know, you could say the same thing about Netflix or Amazon, but everyone's quarantined. Those supersede being a luxury. Now they're a necessity. Everybody needs Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. I like to direct them more to my stuff, perhaps a compound media, maybe a Patreon of some sort. That's what I like to. All of these things necessary. Satellite. uh, People don't need to listen to satellite for music. They don't need to listen to regular radio for music. They need it for personalities. You have Howard and you have, you know, a couple others like Bennington, but Ronnie B's the man. Yeah. I love Ron, Ron Bennington. Uh, But then a lot of the other stuff on there, it's like, who gives, who cares about Joel Osteen? You know, or who cares about, um, I don't know, whatever that that Netflix comedy channel that they have on there. They're Is that just, just specials in audio format? Yeah, for the most part. Like they have a morning show with, uh, with Tom Papa. I love Tom Papa. He's doing the morning show there with, uh, I forgot. The oh, name. Fortune Feimster, right? Yeah, with Fortune yeah. Feimster. Yeah. And uh, some of the clips I've actually seen, you know, they're doing a good job. But the rest of the day is comedy specials over and over and over and it's they just paid all that money for the netflix branding it's like well i just rather watch it on netflix why am i going to sit there and listen to it on the radio when i can just watch it on tv i'm not in the car i'm not going anywhere so why am i paying for satellite radio yeah maybe a lot of people now i think people who still like um talk radio might start paying while they're bored but if they could find the shows that they actually like on it because like you said the options aren't there anymore but most people i think are investing their luxury money into uh, Netflix, uh, Patreons, uh, you know, gas digitals, I, compound media. 100% because I don't think people view that as a luxury anymore with yeah. this current situation. Everyone had Netflix for the most part, but maybe not everybody had Amazon Prime or Hulu, you know, or even Disney Plus, which is, you know, new, new to the game. 
But now you're at home. It's like, well, you know what? I need the Disney Plus for the kids. I need Netflix for myself. We have Amazon Prime for shipping. So I get the Amazon service already. So I have that. Those are those are necessities now. You know, if this thing goes even longer, they almost are going to become utilities. Like that's how important that streaming stuff is. And I also think that that streaming stuff, if that goes out or Internet connection goes out, that's what's going to cause the big uproar and the revolution in this country. I doubt Not people are too fat to revolt now. If it gets to that point, you'll be 100% correct. We'll all be the, the people at the end of Wally. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the problem. Everyone's talking about revolution. Shut the fuck up. I need your Doritos. You're not going to revolt. Well, that revolution that they were talking about, you know, um, increase the uh, increase the minimum wage and free health care for everybody and all that stuff. Yeah, I get that. But everything changed in the last two weeks. We're not thinking about that anymore. Nobody's really talking about the election right now because everything else is more important. Yeah. But if the power goes out or if your streaming service goes out, that's when people are going to start losing their shit. That's going to be the breakdown of society when the streaming stuff goes away. I think when the power goes out, but you're right. When the, if the internet goes down, people will be pissed because uh, they'll have nothing to do. But I think if the power starts going out, power God, going out damn. is when uh, when looting and robberies and fights and fires. That's when all that stuff happens. Well, I mentioned this on my Instagram story today. I'm actually surprised, especially here, that we haven't gotten more news of heists. If you're a criminal, this is heist season right oh, now. Yeah. There's no security. There's no one there. Planted properly. You're wearing masks anyway. That is true. Non-violent uh, crimes. Get in there, break, steal some shit, and leave. I'm not saying houses, but big, big, big businesses, and I, I don't want it to happen. I'm just saying if you're going to do it, if you're going to commit a heist, when better than right now? Of course. But I'll also counter that with the fact that and they don't really like to publicize this, this statistic that much. Uh, in almost every state, gun sales have skyrocketed. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. And it's, uh, it's a little harder, like uh, I'm, in, uh, I'm in New Jersey, so... You need to get uh, you need to file for a permit and all of this other stuff and have them approve you before you can go and buy a gun. Right. So it's not just like going through the security check and then you're cleared to buy a gun. You have to fill out an application, go through all the check. Then they have to approve you to get a permit. So it's an extra step on top of everything. So it's not like society's breaking down. I can't just go to the store and buy, you know, a simple shotgun or something like that. I'd have to wait six weeks for everything to go through before I could even talk to somebody and then they finally approve so i could go to the store buy the gun and then that has to be approved at some point but so by the time the illegals are taken over you can defend yourself exactly but <laughs> if you have the permits or, or if you're in a state that's a little bit more laxed and and can do all of this stuff they're going to walmart and they're going to the gun stores and they're buying up like crazy good for but here's a question is who because uh, I thought about this too. Oh shit! People need to prepare just in case. But who are you defending yourself against? Are you defending yourself against the possibility of the military coming in and you want to shoot the army, or your fucking neighbor? Like, how shitty are your neighbors that you think they're going to come in and rape you? Um, where do you live? I don't think. I don't think it's it's a matter of they're going to come in and rape you. I think it's more. Are you they, underestimating uh, the amount of rapes that are happening? Um, I don't. I haven't heard of any rapes going on right now. And if they are, they're isolated at home. So how would you know? I keep them quiet. Right. But uh, I'm talking about the fact that supplies are down. You have a sick kid or, or, or a sick elderly parent or something like that. You want to go and, get you from know, your neighbor. They got the last bottle of aspirin and there's nothing else around. I'm going to have to go in there and and, uh, and uh, raise hell and try to get what I can. Yeah. Okay. That I see. Yeah. Down. You're defending your house and your family from people looting and uh, 
trying to steal supplies. I'm, I'm thinking of when will it get to looting? Because as far as I understand, they could be lying. But then again, it kind of makes sense. Here, basically, the U.S. and Canada, the supply lines have not been affected. So shit's still going to come in, even though people are, are raiding and, and, and taking everything from these stores. They keep getting right. stocked up every couple of days because the supply lines have been unaffected. Right. So uh, I don't think we get to a chance where the only way is to break in. But if crimes go up, I could see, let's say in a neighborhood, right? You're, you're sleeping. You find out that your neighbors got robbed a few nights in a row. People go in with guns, tell them to sit down and steal their shit. Then right. I can understand you being scared. But in terms of uh, having stuff, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. I think people will be more vigilant if it gets to that point because everybody's kind of really stressed right now. We haven't even hit the breaking point of being overstressed with the isolation. I'm I'm sure parents with young kids at home are already at that point, but everybody else who either has grown children or no children or whatever are not there yet. If you Uh, have shit kids, this is the time where a lot of them are going to go missing. (laughs) Missing or missing? Bunch of Casey Anthony type of situations. Who keeps leaving the gate open in the backyard? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that was me. I forgot. Oh, he accidentally drowned in my pool. Ma'am, you don't have a pool. Oh, right. Yeah. Well. <laughs> That's just a big hole that you dug in yeah. the backyard and turned the hose on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just drowned in the backyard. But no, yeah, I think. It, it, it's a weird time where we'll see how this goes. You're saying the supply line's coming in, and they're working very hard. Amazon, Walmart, the supermarkets, they're... Uh, for for them, there's never been a better time. They're making so much money by doing this. But yeah. uh, I'm just curious if eventually that we're going to get to the point where supplies are only low because people are overbuying and it's just trucks getting there, like you said. Exactly. Yeah. How long until we're now we we don't we're not producing enough toilet paper. We're not producing enough aspirin right now. So we got to ration this stuff out because I've seen supermarkets around here already that are are doing restrictions for like protein you know it's like you can buy two steaks but you can only get one pork product you can only get one chicken product if you have more of that at the register they take it away from you one bread thing you know it's like old soviet russia well you're in jersey right yeah i'm in new jersey i'm I'm just outside the city because as far as i understand new york is willing to sacrifice all of new jersey if they need to survive uh that's the risk they're willing to take that is probably (laughs) true and i wouldn't blame them but new york's not in the best of shape in the last several years you know, with their taxes being so high, everybody's pretty much left New York and have moved to North Carolina, Florida, or Texas, where you have the luxury of uh, no income tax, no estate tax, no death tax, no inheritance tax. That's how it should be. Yeah, but only a handful of states have that. Otherwise, you know, if, God forbid one of your loved ones died, whatever money they have, the government then penalizes you and takes money out of that because that's now income that you you've earned because they've died and it, it has come to you that they, they tax that income now don't get me fucking start on taxes you don't know how against all that shit i am which is crazy because <laughs> you know i live in canada right uh, but you guys uh, have taxes up there <laughs> do we well especially in quebec uh, like half of your paycheck goes to taxes right so n- nothing is free essentially so n- nothing's free so whatever right. they tell you i know that everyone thinks that the grass is always greener on the other side but you have because you have the government uh, health care up there yeah but you pay for it yeah I mean, unless you're really unemployed and also, and, and you're really not paying for it and you could get if you needed, but that's most people, it's through taxes, right? They're, they're working. So right. you're paying for everything. Um, and it's not to say I prefer people to be covered than not covered, right? right. Uh, however, at the same time, our, our hospitals here are fucking, 
Like, there's not enough nurses, there's a shortage of doctors, there's always problems here. So it's not like we're... Even before all of this? Yeah, yeah, for, forget, oh. forget coronavirus. Even before, we always had this issue here, especially in Quebec. Um, a lot of doctors just leave. They're like, I'm going to go somewhere else. So the taxes aren't this high. Uh, or if I'm going to be a doctor working all these hours and getting tired, I'm going to at least make money, you know, build something. Right. So there's, uh, it's never, you know, everybody always thinks, oh, it's always better over there. There's, there's pros and cons to everything. However, I, I'm, uh, you know, free speech absolutist. So that's something that only the U.S. In, in, you, on the planet no has. <laughs> so no it's something that only America has. And it's and tell us is outspoken. Uh, get out of here. <laughs> does. Yeah, all I do is talk shit. But what about, okay, so you and, um, but everything you're doing apart from that, apart from what's going on right now, is pretty positive. Like even your, your show with Brian Johnson. Oh, which, uh, would you kindly on Compound Media? Yeah. Would you kindly originally started in my head? I thought it was going to be only about video games, just because of the title. Because of the title. Yeah. Good for it, you for knowing where the title comes yeah, from. Bioshock. A lot of yeah. People don't, and I like the fact that they don't because then it gives it a different interpretation as to why we have it. It's just such a weird, overly proper statement <laughs> to make that it just feels uncomfortable. Like in British culture, that would be perfectly fine, but to Americans, it's a little bit uncomfortable because it's so formal. Yeah, would you kindly pass the sauce? Yeah, but I, in the game, it was it was a uh, it was a term used to control slavery. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. they would control you. and You didn't know it until the end of the game, and then you're like, yeah, "Oh, what I, I do? Would, to shoot this motherfucker!" Yeah. Shoot me, would you kindly? And then done. That was good. That was a good game. Love that game. I've been thinking of replaying. To make it. a movie with of that series a while back, and then uh, Universal Studios just couldn't get it together. It is hard if you want to. I, I was thinking about Metal Gear Solid because it's my favorite video game, and I wanted to. I, actually, I started writing a script a, a while back, and then I found out that they they gave the rights to a director who was also writing it, um, and then it went nowhere. Like I haven't heard anything about it ever since. But even when I started writing, I was like, "This is if you want to do fan service and have an actual good movie that people." where people who don't know the game can actually enjoy themselves, it is very difficult because it is a ludicrous fucking series. If you look oh, at yeah. all the details. And Metal Gear has been around forever. Forever. Like, it's so convoluted. From, from the original Nintendo days. Yeah. And all the stories yeah. interconnect through lunacy. Right. Uh, so I was like, fuck, this would be incredibly difficult. That's why a lot of these, you know, uh, video game movies suck. It's it's not easy. It's not easy to translate. Yeah. I, I think because they got the wrong people involved there if they had movie writers and movie the guys who uh, do the adaptation for for screenplays and stuff but if you have the writers for the movie but if you also included the video game writers that wrote the story yeah it's like this was what happens this is how you do it whatever and then the movie people go okay so we know this how do we make how do we translate that to the movie you have the original writers of the game <coughs> excuse me original writers of the game and then they said okay this is how we make it onto the big screen they work together like that i think a video game movie would have been fantastic now back to bioshock real quick so they were going to make the, the movie and then it didn't happen universal let it go yeah the guys who were writing the movie for the bioshock uh, for bioshock wound up joining the cast uh the, the the crew for uh westworld on hbo right so in that first season when they're in the underground lab you see things that are from the video game on the set I never noticed. Yeah, you see the you see busts of certain characters, like just the white head. You know how they they use yeah, it, they yeah. for that. You just see like these little white heads somewhere, and you look, and it's like, oh, it's the 
That's um, what's his name? Uh, Andrew Ryan from from Bioshock. That's him over there. And there's that guy over there. And then there's certain terminology that's used and things that are written on the computer screen. Oh, I like that kind of shit. Yeah. Look it up and look up uh, Bioshock Easter eggs Westworld. And there's videos out there that will show you everything. But yeah, so they just they were working on the movie. The movie didn't work. It's like, let's just throw it into the into the show here. And if uh, you were fans of the game, you would catch it. If, if you weren't, you didn't even notice it. It didn't affect anything. Oh, that, that's I, I like that kind of stuff. So you don't mess with anyone's uh, enjoyment of watching the show? No, not at all. But there's little layers of bonuses in there for people who do recognize it. If you got it, it's like, oh, good for you. you. You caught that one. Look, it's crazy. All right. Sports have come to a screeching halt. Basketball players were benched. Pitchers were forced off the mound. It's a crazy time. Right? However, your friends of MyBookie aren't going to let you down in this time of definite need for fun. So if you head over to MyBookie.ag, they have casino games at MyBookie. And you can play blackjack, you can play some poker, war, roulette, slots, and there's even more. I'm not going to go through the whole list because it's a very, very long list. MyBookie.ag. You head over there now, and if you don't like video poker right, and you miss poker, they have 24 hours a day live feeds of real casino dealers in their respective casinos playing live. It's crazy. It's like they've trapped these people for your enjoyment. And if you go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code Pantelis, that's my name, you get yourself a 150% initial cash bonus on your deposit, on your first casino deposit, that is. And you're allowed to pull out maximum up to $750 of winnings from your initial deposit. It's crazy. It's just crazy. You you go to mybookie.ag. If you're tired and you miss sports, you could even, they have esports. They've partnered up with esports people and they're streaming games of NBA 2K20. You could bet money on that. It's fucking great. We're living in the future. MyBookie.ag promo code PANTELIS for your cash bonus. Remember, MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Oh, I just remember you were around during the time when um, the Rockstar guys loved uh, ONA. Oh, yeah. So you guys, I, I think you were in one of the GTAs also, right? I'm in a few of them. Actually. Yeah, they had all the voice. I remember because, you know what I remember? I remember this was before meeting Anthony, before, you know, a long time before I actually knew any of you guys. And I remember playing GTA. And you know when you're like, I know that fucking voice. <laughs> and then I'd realize, I like, go, oh, get the fuck out of here. Like, they'd have a lot of you guys. I think Anthony was in the game. Um, who else? I remember familiar voices. But yeah, we was- were all in different, in, in a bunch of different games. Started with... Um, it started with while they were uh, off the air between the terrestrial gig and starting satellite. Uh, I think it was San Andreas was the game at the time. And they got, they got in there for a little bit. Then um, they started doing the smaller stories for, I think it was for the PlayStation Viva or whatever that little. Oh, the Vita. Thing yeah. Was, Vita, where they had Liberty City stories and Vice City stories. Yeah, I remember that. So there's combinations of us in those games. Uh, we're in GTA 4. And um, Anthony's uh, sorry, Anthony's in five too, I think. Yeah, I yeah, think Anthony's tight five. with them, no? Yeah, with uh, our buddy Laszlo. Laszlo, that's who, it. Uh, did a lot of the audio production and stuff out of the New York office, and uh, yeah, just used us all for. I, I think in uh, I think in Vice City Stories, I'm a gay jogger on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> that's my i'm like one of those little sub characters so if you're on there and you just see me i'm wearing little like frilly shorts or something like something neon green and, and a cutoff and you go beat me up and i just you know i'm all effeminate as you're beating me up and trying to kill me and stuff uh, but yeah we got all these little weird roles throughout the game and then i started doing the i was calling into lazo's radio show on whatever channel he was on i would just call and yell at him <laughs> and tell him how much he sucked 
So it's like how terrible it is. And he go and it would just drive him crazy over the course of the game as the radio would change. Yeah, I remember that's one of the things that he, that I was the most impressed with because I think it was on the PS2. And just the fact that the people on the radio would evolve. Like, oh, yeah. There'd be a narrative. I'd be like, Depending what how is, how, you how do they do or, this? Or where you were in the game. Yeah. I remember being yeah, impressed. Like, if, you, if you pulled off a heist somewhere, sometimes the new, like a DJ, they'd mention it out of the news. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, had yeah, to achieve certain things and then the, the scripts would change uh, on the radio station. Anthony did uh, was doing commercials. He did that the, their version of their Budweiser called Piss Wasser. Yeah. <laughs> he did one or I think he did two different songs for Piss Wasser as their logo. I mean, as for their uh, ad campaign and all that. But yeah, we got a chance to be in that. Anthony's in Red Dead Redemption. I think Eastside Dave's in that one too. Eastside Dave's. Uh, I have Red it. Dead Redemption when if you the original game if you started in uh, McFarland's Ranch right there's a general store. And there's an old guy there where you're buying your first supplies and everything. That okay. old guy running the general store is Anthony. So he's oh, one of God, the first characters you meet in the game. And when that game came out, everybody was just sending little clips and photos of how they were hog tying him and dragging him onto the tracks <laughs> and throwing him off a cliff and all the stuff, the ways they were killing him, blowing his head off, throwing him off a roof on fire, like all these weird creative ways to kill Anthony's character they were doing and that's i think that's the most fun part of the video game it's not just even being in it it's to see what people do with it yeah when they find out that one of their favorite uh let's say radio personalities is in it and just how they have fun and it, all that shit's fucking cool just the fact that they would use i like when i because i used to work at ea for a while and oh, you did? yeah before uh before comedy actually when i first started doing open mics i was still at ea but because i used to work in um which in, ea which uh, montreal brand? Oh, okay, because I had a buddy that worked EA in, I think, in Orlando. Oh, uh, I, I, the only other, I mean, the only other option I had was when they closed down here. They had offered me to go to Vancouver, but I had said no. Right. But here was good because you had mobile on one floor. You had like the the Bioware guys. There was everyone was working on different sh- stuff, and it was one of the most fun jobs I ever had was working at EA. Um, but it didn't pay that well. But it was still it was still a lot of fun. Uh, right. But but it, it started to become when I was there very corporate towards the end. Yeah, I so, heard from a lot of people that wound up leaving that company that uh, when they really started focusing only on the sports stuff and getting rid of a, because I used to love the that uh, Dead Space series that EA put yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And they started moving away from those kind of games, and it was just, uh, does EA had Madden? EA has Madden. They had Madden. the NBA Live at the time, yeah, NHL. Madden, they had uh, FIFA. FIFA, yeah. Right that. That's when they, they shifted. Like, we're just going to worry about sports games. And everything else is who gives a shit. And then it, people started feeling that they were going on autopilot because it really wasn't much that's changing each year as the new game came out, other than maybe improved a play or some kind of stadium graphic and yeah. and, and, and just changed the team names and the and the player names. There's a lot of money in those. But it, say, same with me. I was getting a little, especially I was on mobile uh, and towards the end. Uh, like at first I got to work on cool stuff like Fight Night for like the iPhone. And it was, you know, the first iteration of the iPhone. So it was it was something cool. You're like, how you know how are you gonna how are you gonna make a fighting game on a phone? And right. there was fun to it. But then after when it became, I remember just money grab games. You know, like uh, those uh, games for kids where it's just really sparkly and you pay for shit and all that. And uh, it was when the um, uh, the pay for for phone content fad was coming into effect. And that's when I was like, ugh, it's, it's not for me. I don't know. I didn't hear most of that. You kind of froze. So. Oh, did I? No, I was just saying that uh, it, when I was there, it was during the time when uh, they start. It was that pay-to-play type of shit. So right. they'd have games where they would expect kids to play, 
and then want to buy extra characters and oh yeah yeah they started doing the uh in-game purchases and freemium i think it was called freemium <laughs> games i i hate that games went that way because it's just a way to milk people who want to cheat like i don't want to sit there and put the grind it like they purposely make some of these games really grinding and difficult yeah it's on purpose so that did, yeah well that's why I, I stopped playing red dead 2 i i was pl- i was all excited for it to come out i was playing for a while but then you know when your horse is getting irritated because you didn't brush its hair enough <laughs> you know or if your gun jams because you didn't buy gun oil to clean your gun it's a you used to be able to shoot somebody they had a better weapon than you you could k- pick it up and carry it for as long as you were playing you come back into the server you didn't have that you didn't earn that gun or buy that gun you didn't get get to keep it but you got to use it here they don't let you do all that stuff so then they're like oh but you can buy gold bars online and just get a card like this and then you can use that to do all of these things it's like so i just paid 60 bucks 70 bucks 100 bucks for whatever version of the game you bought and then you're buying all this in-game stuff and and i just got it was just too many details yeah, I, I used to i used to look at people weird and they're like oh it's too many options too many i hate open world games because there's just too much to do and i can't focus on i was like i used to love that but then when they had to go even further where you had to sit there and and like you're uh, you're building arrows and you have to build enough arrows to sell to this shop owner to get money to do this <laughs> stuff like it's just this is real life in in a way i don't need real life in my game i just want to steal a weapon and, and spear people with a sword and, and blow shit up and it, it, I don't I, want to support the local game economy. Yeah, I know. It's just how much money do you need at this point? Just keep making good games. Keep making good downloadable content. I'll, you know, if I had to buy the downloadable content, I'll do that. I just don't need to have to, all the in-game purchases and a lot of this stuff. Oh, I didn't even ask you, uh, Brian, because I know it's the titles of video game title. I, I, does Brian Johnson play video games? He does not as much as uh, as he used to he, he occasionally will dabble in it he did love the bioshock series like i did yeah it's the same and uh, that's why we started i was like oh it's, i wanted to use this why don't we use this as the title uh he doesn't play that often he'll look at stuff once in a while and sometimes like he doesn't like the first person shooter stuff like i don't either everybody's playing fortnite or PUBG or call of duty or all that stuff i've played call of duty before i've never played the other ones that you mentioned i know that they're big but it does the only time i played call of duty was back in the day when i was in high school and all my friends in the neighborhood would go online i remember on the ps3 and we'd have like a team like a clan and it was people that you don't get to see every day because everyone's working and we go on at night and there's like you know 10 15 of us that was fun for me but since then i i stopped caring i get that but when you're playing by yourself most of the time yeah i don't care i want a story respawning and trying to race to the center of an island or race to the checkpoint or whatever it is and there's always some asshole like the problem I had with Call of Duty a while back was that every time I try to respawn, there was some asshole like uh, up on a church steeple and he was sniping the respawn point. So as soon as you're like, boom, there you go. Boom, you're dead. Ugh. I didn't get to do anything. Or you have people hiding behind rocks that run over and all of a sudden you're and then running away and like they just knifed me <laughs> as I, I respawn and then I'm dead now. There's, there's no fun in this. I don't get a chance to play. And uh, I just got fed up with the with stuff. I was playing Fortnite for a little bit because uh, our old producer, for some reason, was really into it. So he convinced us all to play. And we were playing for a little bit. And I just said, this is the same thing. Drop into your starting point. You race to a goal. You race to the center of an island. You got to collect all the stuff you can. Kill as many people as you can. Repeat, 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 repeat. And it's just like, I got so boring. 
like even if you update the skins you update the weapons you update all the you know the the island changes and you have different maps and stuff and that's okay but it's still just in my head it's like this is the same thing over and over and i can't do this no same that's why i need a story or i play a lot of soccer the pro evolution soccer the japanese game i right. play a lot of that and uh, if i have time i like to get a game that has a good story that's why i like metal gear i forgot to ask you i was curious about this so um so o and a being one of the biggest if not the biggest i mean the only real competitor would be howard stern but in right. terms of, of my quality, I also think that um, Ron and Fez at the time was also at that level. Ron uh, and Fez is the most underrated major oh, show of all time. It, it's like, it's mm. insultingly underrated. Yeah. Like nobody knew it existed unless you knew somebody that knew that it existed and they got you into it. Even though they were, you know, all, all over FM radio, they were all over, you know, with satellite radio all this exposure yet it still seemed to be like the secret everybody it was a cool secret to have that everybody watched uh watch, uh, listen to the show and not everybody knew about the show at all at the same time so it's like if you turn somebody on into it and then they found youtube clips and oh it was like, amazing oh my God, it's like being invited into some kind of cool club um back in the in the new days they used to give out these cards to the audience, you'd send a self-addressed envelope and they give you back. And they had, they're like union membership cards. Okay. They were called big ass card holders. Right. So you'd call in and you check in like a union thing. And like, uh, Ron would be like, let's go to uh, Dave out in Northport. Dave, big ass card holder, six, four, six, two, five. And then <laughs> and Ron would hit the woo-ha thing from Pacino. And yeah, go, Hoo-ha. That, that was you checking into the union and yeah. then you state whatever your, your uh, question or query was. But yeah, Ron and Fez was, is a magic show. A ma- Especially magic. if you go back and you go, I remember listening to this and I still don't remember most of this stuff that they're talking about here. Like these little nuances or these subtle comments and jokes that Ron threw in that just went either over everybody's head or went under the conversation that nobody picked up on. Oh, dude, he would do that all the fucking time. And you know you know how you? I know that personally it, uh, it stayed in my head and I really liked that show is that years ago, uh, before I was really a professional comedian, um ron did yeah, finally <laughs> ron did a uh unmasked uh, just for laughs okay and it was with bill burr okay and i love bill burr who doesn't yeah. but i was only starstruck by ron bennington ron bennington so, and and i you know you can't control it it's, it's just how you feel at that moment and even though i love bill burr it, it was just that i was like, holy shit it's ronnie b and then years later to actually get to go on his show uh, when me and Mike had gone on and uh, then to meet him and hang out a bit at the festival was like a fucking dream come true. It was so weird to go from, from a fan to being in studio after. It was one of those, but he's one of those guys that I keep, I, I always try to turn people on to. I was like, how right. do you like talk radio and you've never heard of Ronnie B? Right. There are a lot of comics and there's celebrities that freak out when they see Ron Bennington <laughs> or they figure out that this is Ron Bennington. One of the best ones <clears throat> was Burt Kreischer. Okay. Right, Burt Kreischer started in Florida. Ron and Fez started in Tampa. Yeah. And they were the Ron and Ron show and then became Ron and Fez. And <clears throat> he grew up listening to them in Florida. Brewer listened to them in Florida. Bunch of people that came out of the uh, Florida area because they were syndicated throughout the whole state too and all in the bigger cities. And when Burt was in and the first time he was getting to meet Ron, he was, I think he was going on their show. 
and you would think that he was waiting for the results of an AIDS test. <laughs> he was shaking and he's like, I, I can't believe it. Like he was really having some kind of panic attack on it. And he'll tell the story too. If you can find it, he'll talk about, you know, listening to Ron and Fez and, and meeting Ron for the first time, freaking out over it. Uh, but it's, a, it's, a, it's always interesting to see that because you, <clears throat> to us, Ron's a huge, you know, uh, a huge celebrity, a huge person in this business. And, and we all, you know, look on him with awe and, and appreciation for what he does. But to when nobody else knows who he is, but then you get one person that recognizes him and they start losing their shit. It's really a fun thing to see, especially when they're a comic or a celebrity and they're acting like a teenage girl and, you know, in one direction just showed up. Yeah, no, that's how I was. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, it's Ronnie B. <laughs> you were saying about Howard and, and O&A and stuff. Oh, about uh, doing the, t were you talking about like the time, how I felt about everything? Well, for Howard and uh, like, I, I liked Howard Stern as well, but right. when it, when it was like wartime, I was always going, uh, I was more of an O&A guy just because th they were big ball busters because right. they had so many comedians on and, and that's how we are. That's how I am. I'm a ball buster. Because we had, we, uh, I'll say we for the show, but ONA gave the freedom to <clears throat> the the comics coming in to not, they reverse the process. It's not coming in to promote your dates and do your bits like a lot of just other hang out and be yourself. Let them learn who you are. Yeah. They, if you come in, the only one they ever did that to and forced him to do it was Brian Regan, just because it was so funny to make him do the bits over and over because it made him uncomfortable. Everybody knew his bits inside and out. <laughs> and just to make him do like, you know, the pop tart bit or the big yellow one is the sun, all that. To force him to do that was funny because it made him uncomfortable to have to do that. Everybody else, if you came in and started doing prepped material, that's why certain comics didn't do well on our show. Um, not gonna list names, but the, over the oh, years, we've had comics who've come in, and you're just like, yeah, that's that's it. That's all they're gonna do because they can't function in this world where we're letting Patrice come in and destroy everybody. Bill Burr's picking out conspiracy theories and yelling at everybody norton's losing his shit over the littlest thing that's because there's no mustard for his pretzels <laughs> you know all this weird stuff and everyone's allowed to take shots at each other and then you can throw shots back if you can do it yeah you're welcome to do that they're the one they're the ones that opened that world up to do that howard was great for comics they would come on and howard would interview them talk but they didn't have that kind of freedom to take shots at people on the show or especially howard you couldn't you know if Howard said something dumb or incorrect or whatever, you couldn't jump on top of Howard like Norton would if uh, Anthony mispronounced something or, or quoted the wrong thing. And then we were all just goofing and laughing about how stupid you are for saying the wrong thing. You couldn't do that on Howard. So it was two different aspects. They were really both shows were really important in the 90s to pushing comedy to pretty much the resurgence. A lot of stand up comedy was off television. People were getting kind of sick of it. And because of these two radio shows, it brought it all back. And now they're all thriving doing what we did doing what uh, Howard did with, with podcasting and online streaming. And look what Rogan's doing. He credits Anthony for giving him the inspiration to set up a studio and do it all his, uh, his own thing. And, and Rogan's one podcast. of the reasons why so many other comedians started podcasts. So you see how it trickles down? Like it's, yeah, it does. It really does. And it comes from radio and it comes from those two shows mostly.
All right, so I know you got to go because uh, you got Anthony's show coming up. I got, I, I got a few minutes. You got a few me. minutes. I was going to yeah, ask you, yeah. what's I know that sometimes you don't. A lot of people don't look ahead too far. But what are you thinking? Like uh, you have the show right now with Brian Johnson, who I didn't mention before, but one of the coolest fucking dudes. We had him on two drink minutes. This guy's a fucking uh, for your audience. Brian act. Johnson had a TV show here in the United States on the AMC network called Comic, Comic Book Men. Um, I don't know if it was AMC up in Canada because yeah. sometimes it, one of the fun things about having guests real quick sidebar about doing interviews with guests on satellite radio is because we were broadcasting to the United States, but we were also broadcasting to all of Canada. So when I'd have their plugs for, uh, you know, oh their new, sh- uh, their new sitcom starts uh, Tuesday at 8 PM on ABC. But if it's on space TV, if you're up in Canada, like figuring <laughs> out what network had the, the American rights. Yeah. Cause they would change. Yeah. You're right. The rights were different in Canada. It was so fun to see some of the names like space TV is ha- carrying modern family. Like that doesn't make any sense, but that's <laughs> what they're doing. Um, I loved that fact. Trying to figure out, like, all right, this is where it is in America. What the hell's Canada doing? Where does this air? Oh, there's a there's a an NBC version in Canada. That's where it's at. Oh no, it's on this kind of thing over here. Oh no, this is only streaming in on Netflix in Canada, but it's on the CW in the United. States. Like, it's all weird. It's, it's fun to wacky. watch. Wacky. Um, what was I talking about? Uh, I Brian it. Johnson. Uh, Brian Johnson. So yeah, if it was on up in uh, Canada, I don't know what network it was on, but he yeah he had the show called. Um, comic book man. He has a very popular podcast that's been on for 10 years called Tell Him Steve Dave. Mm-hmm. He's in the world of Kevin Smith. Uh, they grew up together. It's Good on friend. my app. Yeah. And uh, he's he's just a delight yeah. because I love crotchety people if they're funny. If crotchety people can, they're just mean and they complain about stuff and there's no sense of humor to it. Then it's uh, then I get why everybody thinks it's like you're just angry and miserable. I get that, but but, but he he's not. I, I noticed that about him, and, and and Mike thought the same thing when he was on the show with us. He's actually a happy guy, just that he's he's a realist. He's not a pessimist. He just calls oh, no. him as he sees him, and that's what makes him funny because he he's does the, it in a funny way. He's intolerant of of nonsense. Yeah, which is amazing. That's what you want. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I, lo- I loved him when I when I started figuring out uh, when I because I, I was a fan of Tell Him Steve Day back in the day. And then, like a lot of things, they've been on for 10 years. I kind of fell off, you know, and then yeah. I just rejoined it again about two years ago. Um, but I've known Brian for since 2014. I used to have him on my show over at Satellite. And I loved his perspective because he was so dark, but he was he was calling. Uh, uh, pretty much I can say this about Brian. Brian is it's like, hey, don't call the fat girl fat. You know, that's Brian Johnson. That's yeah. exactly what uh, that's, 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 don't say the thing you're thinking, <laughs> and that's what Brian does. He goes, No, she's a fat girl. Oh, okay. Well, don't call the fat girl fat. And that's what he does. Um, he's just blunt to the point, whatever. And I love that. I love where his mind goes. Cause anyone else is like, wow, he's so miserable. He hates everything. Not at all. I get that too, but I love complaining about things because yeah. I hate the fact that everybody's like oh we're gonna get through this together and there's all these fucking rehashed facebook posts of of uh, inspirational quotes and how we're all together all this shit and it's all ingenuous and you're just calling like this is bullshit stop saying this shit yeah we'll get we'll get through this and we'll work together but stop with this extra layer of nonsense yeah we're not gonna get through this because madonna's singing in her fucking bathroom and also shut the fuck up it's been a week Exactly. We don't know how long this is going to go on and you're going to start to get really miserable. You're going to get to the level that we're at right now, but we know how to manage it and how to control it and how to have fun with it. We, we want to complain about things, but it's like, what's the joke? What's the humorous angle that you're taking? Yeah. You no, know? not just I hate this song because this song sucks. 
well, why does the song suck? Well, and then you give it an, a, a really obscure or absurd reason for it. There's the joke. There's the levity to it. So you can do this heavy handed stuff and still have the uh, the comedic value to it. And he's just a master of that stuff. He loves not liking things, but he finds the reason, the correct reason why not to like things. I like him. I, I'm a fan of Brian Johnson. I was before uh, we had met him, but then we had him on. We, me and Mike were like, he's like us. He's, <laughs> he's what you know when you feel like, on. like he's, he's one he's of us. Home. We got the studio st- uh, stuff set up at his place. So, oh, does he have? Yeah, we just did uh, this week's episode of Would You Kindly. We taped from my studio here and uh, at his house, patched into me, and uh, we recorded the whole episode and everything. It's up on compoundmedia.com right now if you want to check it out. But he's got the hookup, so you. You know, reach out to him. I'm, sure I'm going to reach out because here I could do it from my place. I've set it up my right. own studio. Uh, that's set up as well. The two drink minimum studio. We've never had anyone stream in. So right. I don't know if we're set up there. The only thing that we've ever done is Mike streamed out to Anthony's show. But uh-huh. for him, it was easy because he just grabbed his camera feed and then you put it in the studio over there. So right. I have to go to the, to the studio and just check if me and Mike could do it. Because there's been a lot of guests that have asked like, hey, can we just stream? And we're like, fuck, we have the new studio now. We're not set up for that shit. So yeah. it's still the art, just that we've never done it. So I think it's just maybe downloading an app or two, maybe a, a Skype or some shit. If they didn't have like a, some kind of ISDN connection or a hard line, they're using Skype, right? Yeah. Up until this time period now with the, everybody being a shut in with the virus stuff, everyone's now using this Zoom thing. Yeah. And it's okay for conference stuff. It's not the best for podcasting broadcasting no no, I, i'm pissed off that i have to use this but what are you gonna do no 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 but i'm saying that this making the best of what you have is fine i'm talking about when you're using it like howard stern had to come back on the air and they were using a zoom conference chat and broadcasting that over the radio because he they didn't have any equipment for him oh so he didn't even have a mic like a proper no, mic. Well, look at this week's uh shows uh look on his social media you see video clips of it there's just seven windows of them all together talking like an old person where uh, where's my camera? Here's the camera right here. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> looking at the camera. So, you know, if like you, if you FaceTime your mom, yeah, <laughs> she's looking like this, like that. What's going on? What, what are you doing over there? It's like, mom, look at the camera. Look at me. Show yeah. me the thing. Oh, I have this thing. Look at this new movie that I got. Right. And then they're, like, they're pointing it this way. It's like, mom, the camera's over here. That's what that show looked like this week. But in their defense, doing. they've never had to do this. Yeah, but in all, but also another point to to yell at him for, he's the richest man in radio, the yeah. probably the most successful in this entire medium. You think he would have built a home studio? Exactly. Right. How does any radio guy, even a piss poor radio guy that's been doing this for a long time, has some kind of setup in their house, right? Yeah, all the way point. up to the top. And I can say uh, for a fact, Sean Hannity, right, uh, showed me a while back. He's got studios in his house up here Just in, in New case. York City. He's got a place down in Florida. That he has a radio studio built into his house and he has the Fox stuff set up down there. So if he's down in Florida for whatever reason, he can sit out on his uh, porch and they have the diffusers and all that and they can turn the camera on. He can do his TV show God from damn. there. And he, I think he has one or two other places. Each one has a TV setup and a radio setup. Every broadcaster has this. Yeah, He doesn't have that. None of his people had a setup for any of this stuff, which boggles my mind. It's like, how, this is the most successful show that's been on radio, and they don't have any of this stuff. Fuck, that is a, okay, that is a good point, because no one, you're right, no one had it, right? You said it's seven windows, and they're all speaking right. into their phone mic? Yeah, and it look, at least for, for Howard's place, wherever he is, because he has a place in Florida and a place out in the Hamptons, 
he's not staying in the city, so I'm, I'm guessing he's at one of those two houses. But whatever house he's in, he should have a setup. He's made millions of hundreds of millions of dollars. But yeah, he doesn't want to take his work home with him. He's like, when I'm here, there's no radio. But you should have a setup for anything to do on the fly. Like this, you mean, yeah. Yeah, even if it was a, like if he was somewhere and it was snowing, like you had a blizzard hit, oh, I can still patch in from my home thing and do my job. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's yeah, always yeah. quick to yell at everybody for not doing their job or not being prepared or not being all this other stuff. And then here it is, one of the biggest moments out there, one of this huge outbreak for, for the world, and he's not prepared. They 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 took him off the uh, the air of Wednesday of last week. That was because uh, there was stuff going on at Sirius. So he's coming back on there with a with a Zoom chat. He yeah. should have had this equipment already. Instead, he waits for everybody else to do it for him. He was complaining on Monday that's like, oh, I have guys coming in with hazmat suits and they're going to put in a rig, so we'll be able to sound like a regular show come Monday. It's like, dude, you should have been at least you and Robin should have at least been the two that had this equipment. Robin was in her house for longest time before we knew that she uh, had surgery from cancer and was recovering she was doing it from there and you couldn't even tell that she wasn't in the studio if they didn't announce that she wasn't there and that rig was gone everything was all i don't know i just i was so disappointed hearing that show like i was like i sit there like they're the biggest show you're the highest standard that would be like the tonight show didn't have anything for jimmy fallon elsewhere it would have been better if they didn't because found stupid clips that he's putting all, all you know i noticed a lot of these idiots they're they're the late night people they're just posting from their homes and really all you have is a fucking cell phone you told me you don't even have a camera yeah i know they are we joking right now what the camera. fuck are you yeah. doing see it's exactly what i'm talking about television people don't even have anything as a quick setup to do something spontaneous or on the fly if something happens in your personal life you want to record it and then bring it to the show YouTubers are thriving. Yes and no. Well, I, I right now I'm a little fucked because, like I said, I'm at my home where I didn't have a studio before. I just had a couple of mics, and now I brought some equipment in. But my studio, the second I'm ready in a couple of days to right. be driving down there, I'm going to be king shit, bro. My, my stream is going to look tight. See, you're a personality. You're a storyteller. You're a comedian. You're a conversationalist. That makes all the sense in the world. A lot of these YouTubers or, or, or the people who are now popping up on Instagram live to stream because they just discovered they can do yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of these YouTubers or influencers have to go to places and do things and be in exotic locales to show all their life and all this stuff to get the clickbait. When yeah. they're stuck at home, they're fucked. They don't know what to do. Because they're not out there showboating the new outfit that some company gave them or some makeup stuff, or I'm going to go get my hair done at this fancy salon, or I'm standing on the set of this rap video that's going to be shot. They're not going anywhere. They're stuck in their houses. Those are the people, these influencers, these YouTubers and stuff, those are the people who can't generate shit on their own. Like They need everything else. They're the centerpiece, and everything else has to happen around them so they can jump cut the shit out of it. But to sit there and just do what you do, what radio does, what Anthony does, you know, those kind of things, they can't do that. And when they try to do it, they they can't hold a conversation. That's why all those jump cuts to make quick, fast movements and silly faces and all that, they can't talk for 10 minutes straight like you can, like a comic can, like a radio person can. Yeah. So guys like you, if you're going to jump on the YouTube thing, you'll do well. Comedians do a Bobby Kelly. Look what he's doing. His stuff from the shed. Yeah. He's now doing live shows with uh, our buddy uh, Mike Calta down in uh, who's in Tampa. They're connecting and doing shows like that. Those are the people that are going to get new fans and go, who are these people? I've never heard of these people before. And those are the ones that are going to thrive on it. Does Bobby give a fuck right now? Like, I don't I feel like he doesn't even take the coronavirus seriously. He doesn't think he's a risk. 
I don't, I don't know. Usually I would see Bobby go out camping or fishing or teaching his son axe throwing, like all this weird nonsense, which is just hilarious to see Bobby doing. Um, I don't think he's out and about really because where where are they going to go? Most of the New York guys were still out and about last week, even the gas digital guys. And that, well, I guess Louis J. Gomez and and those guys. And then now is is kind of the first week we're like, all right, first couple of days we're like, all right, let's just tone it down a bit. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, at least have other creative outlets for what you're going to do. Uh, other comics are now, I'm sure, scrambling to try to figure out how to start a podcast. Yeah. How to start all of this stuff. And um, I, I, this is something interesting. At the beginning of this week, when I started seeing everybody pop up on Instagram Live, like everybody was showing up on Instagram Live. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to watch any of these people. No offense to them, but I don't give two fucks about Lindsay Lohan sitting in her bedroom trying to talk to some kind of, you know, um, you know, meditation expert or what Miley Cyrus is trying to do, you know, mental health stuff and all this stuff. I think for long, I don't want to cut you off, but I think for long form, and hopefully you agree with me, uh, like let's say Instagram live, they want to go on for a while. I think for long form content, you need at the very minimum, good sound. Yep. So for Instagram, I don't think it's the best place unless you tell me there's a way right now where I could connect through the PC with my microphone to Instagram live, different story. But right. the way they're doing it after a couple of seconds, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Uh, it's just a guy shaking his fucking hand around his face. I'm, I'm done with this. I, I want one shorter where it's the split camera and then you can't even pay attention because then all the chats, all the going, chats on the side. Yeah, the, it's not meant the for arts that. Are floating around and yeah. like, this is too annoying. This is too much. I can't focus on this thing and there's nothing really funny being said here i agree um, the point i was getting at was earlier this week because i saw all that stuff I, I was curious i go let me look online and see if podcasting equipment is still in stock and the first thing i looked up was logitech cameras everybody for the most part if you got a webcam you got some kind of logitech camera right all sold out oh all shit small cheaper versions the really expensive versions that do the green screen stuff yeah. and all of that stuff all of them sold out. And this was Amazon that I was looking at. I said, interesting. And then someone said, they, uh, you know, click here to be alerted when they'll be back in stock, which usually means they have no idea when they're going to be back in stock. Yeah. So everybody was rushing to buy this stuff. And then I saw in Staples, uh, I don't know if they have that up there. In, yeah, in Canada, we do. The office supply store. They had end caps near the computer section where you'd have your, uh, your office furniture, your computers, your equipment, your printer uh, cartridges and all that. They had an end cap that was just labeled podcasting equipment. <laughs> they had the stand with the circular light, the clips to hold your phone in, in any position. Here's the thing for your camera. Here's the thing for your microphone. Here's they were selling like you know the the Bluetooth uh, the Bluetooth Yeti uh, upright mics and all that yeah, stuff. And yeah. like, oh, this is what everybody wants. Put it on an end cap now. And if podcasts weren't demeaning enough for the radio industry, and uh, you know it's it's balanced out a bit. But at first, when everyone was jumping on, it's like, oh, I could do what Howard does. I could do what Owen does. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And and for the most part, no, you can't. Nope. Um, to see that now, the people who've gotten and figured out podcasting and are doing it well, to see that equipment show up all over the place, I was wondering, I'm like, wondering if legit podcasters who are successful look at that and go, how demeaning this is to what they do, as radio people looked at podcasting and go, how demeaning that is to what we do. Like, it's another step down. I think so. all connected. Because even the equipment, like uh, the Blue Yeti, like I ha- I have two of those, which I gave out to do d- two different people so they can start a podcast. Mm-hmm. Even that's beginner stuff where you right. hear the room around you. It's it's not the ideal microphone. So no, all the, st- but, the logic. But surprisingly, account, I will tell you, there are a lot of people in the radio industry. That love them? 
if you look um at the instagrams and stuff that they post yeah you can see when they show their setup and everything they got the windscreen they have all this stuff and then they got the yeti mic there i don't know how they got suckered into You're that radio people why didn't you invest in a proper microphone you know in, a, in an arm and in a board with the, the right connections you went for a cheap usb thing it's like oh it's just as good no you're in radio. You should be sort of an audiophile. You want the best audio possible that you can get. I like the audio tech. Is it the audio technica? The one that let's say at the studio they have that that Ant has. The what? I'm sorry. What's the one that Ant has at the studio? Is the microphone. It, yeah. The RE20s. RE20s. I like that. And but my favorite right now is the SM7B, which I have at That's the studios. We have them at all the studios. Here, yeah. Lo- it's the same one you have right now, right? Yeah. I yeah. love it. I love the the SM. I love the sound it gives. I love. And when I st- when I started building the studio, I wanted to have proper equipment. The first thing I looked at was audio, right? Because people are like, "Oh, let's let's just go 4K." What does it matter? People will tune out if they can't hear you properly, right? So yeah. that's why now it sucks through the streaming. The fact that we're doing all these calls in and all these podcasts are losing quality, right? They don't know how much it means to us. Like for me, it, it, I get so pissed that I can't give the quality that I want to right now, which is why I keep thinking I got to get in the studio asap. One of the things to cheat it, if you will, uh, that I've been finding out and, and perfecting the last few weeks with not with Would You Kindly, but my other show, uh, It's Eric Nagel, yeah. uh, is the radio show. I have my crew all uh, come in through a server and we have the camera set up and then we have it as a switcher and TV and, and what have you. If the audio, for some reason, streaming out doesn't sound the best or whatever, the audio streaming version is different from the finished radio version that goes out. It has all the production and processed and what have you. Right. I've been taking the streaming stuff, relayering it with the radio audio into that, and then posting it back up on Twitch, posting it back up on YouTube. So yeah, you weren't there live for what it was. You Whatever get a better it is, version now it's for it's live. But if you want people to see it later, you don't put you leave the live version up until you got the new polished version. You mix it, then you replace it and you get rid of the live version. Now, everything you do sounds amazing. I did that with a podcast yesterday and uh, I was very technical for your audience. I don't know if they care. They come for you to comedy and I'm giving them audio tips. But but even that one wasn't the way I wanted it to. And I realized that there was an issue with OBS. It wasn't recording through this mic the pod mic it was recording through another mic i have down there which was further away so that's what fucked it up so there was Uh, only so much i could do so today at least they get radio tip is this you have that board right there the what is it called the road the The roadcaster pro roadcaster right there should be an output for it where you can buy some rack units like this is old school radio stuff right yeah Yeah, i have um a tascam digital recorder here so everything is split. I have a split going to the streaming feed, a split going to the radio stuff. The radio stuff goes also into this digital recorder. So that's whatever is going on here. If that fucks up for whatever reason, I still it's have the audio up. over here. Yeah. And that's the studio quality audio. Uh, if you ever listened back in the day when you'd hear something on the radio because it's going through compression or somebody had a YouTube thing like, oh, it's this. But then when you'd hear the, the actual version that the, the show would put out, and it's like, wow, that sounds way different than what was sound, how it sounded on the radio. Yeah. That's the quality you get from just buying. And it's only like a hundred something bucks. You, I didn't even, you just gave me a great idea. I didn't even think of, and I'm going to do it for the next episode. So on this one, what's beautiful about it is that there's a micro SD slot, <clears throat> the micro SD slot, and you can record everything that goes through the board. And right now, both you and I 
are right. going through this for processing. So right. to me, you sound great right now. I don't know how it's streaming out. And I have processing on my end too. I have amps and all that stuff. That's probably why you sound great too. It's just because you're also coming from, from a good place, your microphone. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start recording here and then just using that layer over so that yeah. we have good quality. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's uh, all these little tricks of the trade that, cause I've, you know how everybody's during the quarantine, they're teaching themselves things like, look at me, I'm baking bread or I'm doing the push-up challenge or here's me trying to teach my kids something stupid that they're never going to remember, right? I'm trying to figure out something like, well, what else can I learn that I don't know how to do? <clears throat> and I've been going really hardcore with video editing. Now, I know people went to school for this stuff and have worked on it for years, but the technology is there and I've been just crash coursing and watching YouTube tutorials and all this stuff and learning how to do all of this stuff. And now that the video editing stuff has that automatic match, the sync feature for your audio, like yeah. Matt knows where it is, drop it in, you hit oh, the thing, it's process, there's good. Then you make your edits and I'm like, oh my God, this is just like doing a TV show. So when you watch the new episode of uh, Would You Kindly on Compound Media that just came out this week, that was the first time we did it with the video editing, with the radio processing, with the webcams and all that stuff. And it felt I great. Think it, I think it came out pretty good. Um I would love to hear from anybody of what they thought of it or if they know better techniques like you do. I'd love to learn more. If anybody had suggestions, you know, um, I would love to hear it. And just like Pantelis is trying to get this stuff done. If you know something that he was just mentioned and struck a chord with you, by all means, contact him and tell him, like, hey, maybe try this. See if this works for you. We're all in this together. And the better stuff that we can put out, then you can recognize the shittier stuff and that'll go away. And that's the way it should be. God damn it. That's a, <laughs> that's a fucking good closing statement. Hopefully this shit goes away. Um, yeah. E-Rock, where are they going to find you? Uh, on, on social media, it's E-Rock Radio, all one word, all the social media platforms. Um, I'm available on Facebook for It's Eric Nagel. Same thing with YouTube, It's Eric Nagel. Uh, that's the radio show. You can find that on iHeartRadio, Apple, Google, anywhere you find podcasts. Download for free. Yep. <clears throat> if you got Alexa, I'm going to do this and fuck up your day. Alexa, play the program, It's Eric Nagel. There you go. So that'll happen. And then uh, for the TV show that I do with Mr. Brian Johnson, it's available on compoundmedia.com. You subscribe, you can get the app. Use the code WYK20. That's WYK20. Save 20% off a brand new subscription. You can check out not only the show that Brian and I do, but there's 12 other shows on the network, including the Anthony Cumia show, which is pretty much the uh, flagship. The, yeah, the flagship, the focal point of the the whole reason that that network exists is because Anthony Kumi and his show, and he does it with uh, comedian Dave Landau. Yeah. Who I love Dave to death. He's hilarious. So you can find all this great stuff, compoundmedia.com. I think that's it for me. That's it. All right. God damn, it was a goddamn Dallas, pleasure. Where are you going to be? Uh, um, well, I'm going to be nowhere now. I'm going to be in the house. All my shows <laughs> got canceled. We're supposed to be in New York May 1st with uh, Aaron and Gino. Yeah. Uh, do a couple of shows at Stand Up New York, but that's not going to happen. Or it hasn't been officially canceled, but I can't see I that know. shit happening. Uh, I don't so know when any of this stuff's going to, because depending what news source or where you read, they're like, well, you know, like Trump wants it done by Easter, which is yeah, very wishful up, thinking. Wishful thinking. But, um, you know, some people saying, look, it's probably going to be like the end of April and going into May. And other people saying 18 months. It's like, no Jeez. way this is going to be 18 months. We're going to be cavemen. Uh, Whole world's economy will shit the bed. If yeah, we're yeah fuck months. that. It's impossible. We're going to have to start wearing masks and doing our job again. That's when you see the guns come out yeah. and the raping and the looting and the pillaging. And don't get don't get tricked by the government. Just because it's a crisis doesn't mean you should give away your rights. So having yeah. said that, uh, I'd like to thank Eric Nagel, E-Rock, for coming on the show. And uh, Eric, I'll see you next time in New York. Pentelis, you're going to have to come on one of my shows. Whenever sometime. you want. You, I'm fucking set up. I got two studios. 
We would love to have you. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>